You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopolies through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. Welcome to the show with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, where sometimes, just sometimes, we try to talk positively about the incredible abundance that could be possible on this here planet Earth if we all had a share to these incredible natural resources uh, that were a gift to all mankind, to all living beings. And uh, uh, for those of you who... uh, have followed along our little journey at uh, the Power Plants Community Nursery, uh, a project uh, my wife and family have been running for nearly four years. Uh, For about five hours a week, we can produce 500 seedlings a month and sell them for just a dollar. And without paying ourselves, uh, make sure uh, there's plenty of uh, resources and, dare I say, the occasional beer to share with uh, our volunteers as uh, we have uh, a laugh sitting around the uh, outdoor table, transplanting some seeds and and planting things up. But uh, the point is, when you have access to land, and in this case, uh, it's uh, about half of a spare driveway is all we require to um, have a greenhouse, have a a bit of an operation set up, some uh, storage space, Uh, A little bit more land's needed for our nine compost piles we have around the backyard, but uh, uh, without that uh, free source of dirt, uh, a lot of cabbage leaves sourced from the local dumpster, a lot of newspapers grabbed from uh, various cafes and shredded up, thrown in with some coffee grounds, and all of a sudden we have uh, uh, this beautiful fertile soil that... uh, we achieve some incredible germination rates there for the seedlings. So uh, also just given a little spiel on uh, power plants, we are wrapping that project up. There's some big changes going on in my world I'll keep you uh, posted with over the coming days and weeks. But yeah, I have uh, just left the office and it kind of struck me how our micro take on the world is determined by where we live and the transport route we take. And uh, for many of us, that's pretty much what we do is get up, get dressed, go to work and come home again. A bit of a walk at lunchtime. And if we're lucky, we've got a third place where we get to go and hang out and perhaps mingle with some of the community who uh, aren't stuck in a world of digital isolation, stuck on their screens with 38 tabs open like I usually do. Uh, trying to uh, make sense of this world. Well, tonight I deviated. I was a rebel. I didn't take my usual route here to 3CR. I checked out the northern end of Smith Street here in uh, Fitzroy Collingwood and I was uh, yet again hit by the role of vacant housing, vacant commercial property. And my favourite hiking uh, shoe shop has shut down. It's been up for lease, looks like, for months on end now. And I was shocked by just how many properties in that precinct up near Alexander Parade were vacant. And uh, obviously, small business has been crushed yet again by rising rents. And these rising rents are struggling to keep up with the astronomical pace of... uh, 
prices, particularly land prices. And that is uh, the real struggle that's going on out there. We have all these tax incentives for property speculation. It's jacking up prices and uh, really making it hard for those who uh, are professional, uh, commercial property investors to actually bother leasing out the property when residential housing in Melbourne increased by 16% over the last 12 months. For most business owners, they're looking for about 4 to 6% return. That's a really good effort to get 6%. Business insiders love to say they get 8 to 10%, but to get 16% return is just incredible. So there's a lot of drive to turn these commercial um Small shopping strips uh, into apartment towers where some of this easy money can occur. And uh, my, oh my, I suited up and went into battle. When was it? Uh, on Monday to see Treasurer Scott Morrison give his uh, uh, much-hyped housing affordability speech. And uh, I was in a room with probably... Well, probably 500-odd policy wonks as we sat through uh, an incredible display by the Treasurer where he listed every known problem there was with housing. Like, he really did a good job on that. He went to town telling us about all of the problems there are. But uh, unfortunately, he gave a huge speech on housing and it made no sense, said Osman Faruqi from Junkie. And uh, he described uh, home ownership as a positive for the Australian economy, did our Scott Morrison. He then listed a whole bunch of depressing statistics, including the fact that home ownership among 25 to 34 years, four-year-olds has declined by 10% over the past decade. And the amount of money that age group is spending on mortgage repayments has increased by more than 50 goddamn percent. Goodness me, I could go on and on. Uh, a great article here about Junkie, but uh, from Junkie. But some of the key lines from Morrison's speech, he said, "If mum and dad investors were not part of our private rental market, there would be fewer rental properties available, meaning higher rents, further crowding out those on lower incomes, and even greater pressure on already overstressed community and social housing resources." This makes no sense, says Osman. For example, if we abolished negative gearing and pushed property investors out of the market, that wouldn't make houses disappear. A property investor doesn't burn down a house. They can no longer afford it. They sell it. Who would they sell it to? Owner-occupiers. All those renters who shouldn't be renting could end up owning property instead. In just a few lines, Morrison has managed to contradict the whole first half of his speech. Now, uh, I was there uh, on the Prosper underscore Oz uh, Twitter account tweeting away during uh, uh, the event. And, uh, you know, he made some of these big statements such as security of housing for all Australians is important and that we are genuine about helping about housing affordability. He quickly uh, led to... uh, uh, reveal that there, you know, despite paying 90 bucks to come and see him, that there'd be no foreshadowing today of budget policy. Housing security was one of uh, our top priorities. 
It reminded me of how much of a pity it was that housing policy has such a low policy priority for so long. I must admit, though, uh, the Turnbull government has uh, improved it by bringing housing under the Treasury's uh, department, so at least it's getting some prominence now. There was barely a Ministry of Housing under uh, Gillard or Rudd, so uh, that is something certainly there wasn't under Tony Abbott. Yeah, so the the key line um, out of it that perhaps some of you have already read is that our federal treasurer said, look, housing affordability is a massive, massive problem, but we are not going to do anything to uh, change uh, housing prices because it would threaten mum and dad investors. And he summed that up by saying, property investment is more geared to capital gain than yield. What does he mean by that? Well, what he's saying is that uh, property investment is all about property speculation. It's not about renting out property to uh, people who don't have 70 or 80 grand in the bank to uh, throw at a bank as a deposit. So let's just keep them all locked out. Let's keep this homelessness pressure building uh, and uh, forget about it because it's not going to suit our political agenda to stay in power. So when I sat back and thought about it all, really, you know, I didn't even need to go to his speech. I read it in The Age and I was already saying, look, the only new thing Scott Morrison has announced here is that he is going to tack on a social housing bond strategy and place that on top as if he's done some original thinking to add to his Property Council of Australia policy playbook. Now, remember... Scott Morrison worked as the senior policy advisor for the Property Council for some five or six years before he entered Parliament. So he's really, uh, you know, Tony Abbott, uh, Joe Hockey were taking their calls from the IPA. Well, the Turnbull-Morrison agenda is taking their calls from the Property Council of Australia, arguably the most powerful lobby group in the nation. And, yeah... It just drives me crazy. So the justification for these social housing bonds is that uh, we need more investment in social housing. And uh, he kept on referencing uh, his visit to the UK where uh, a group there has raised $8 billion through social housing bonds. Now, if you do the numbers where every home in Australia is basically costing around about $400,000, Maybe you could scrounge that down to $300,000 for social housing. Well, that's going to give you about 20,000 homes when there's around about 180,000 people waiting on the public housing list. What do you do? Pick up a tomato. Throw it at something. So one of you know one of the ironic things is uh, here are the the Conservative Party uh, traditionally the party uh, that is pro market and outside of the social housing bonds line uh, the treasurer is relying on regulation to uh, sort the market out something the libs are always against well uh, APRA is stepping into the breach we've raised this issue many many a time on the amount of Uh, interest-only loans that are occurring in Australia and what a rort that is where uh, pretty much uh, for someone who's got an 18-month investment agenda, they can uh, take out an interest-only loan, make minimal repayments because they're only having to pay the interest, not the principal, 
and uh, perhaps even keep it empty, do a bit of postcode hopping, uh, uh, move their electoral address over to this new site, move uh, a mobile phone bill over to this new investment property, pretend they're living there, and then uh, in the 18th month, uh, flip that property, avoid paying capital gains tax, pay off their interest-only loan with the uh, profits made over that uh, 18 months when perhaps property prices in that suburb increased by 16% or more. And uh, it's a lovely life uh, on holiday in Bali, looking on your iPhone, deciding on which uh, will be your next purchase here in the great Australian property Ponzi game. <sighs> so uh, Michael Pascoe, he had uh, some really nice lines about this um, this speech uh, in the Fairfax Press. He said, Morrison appears to have closed off all federal options beyond an improved funding mechanism for social housing. It's small beer indeed around the barbecue stopper of housing affordability. My, oh my. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's beyond policy fraud. It's just pure frustration what uh, you feel when you look at this stuff. And uh, Morrison uh, is quoting some figures uh, through his speech, uh, uh, basically blaming these low yields for the lack of social housing investment. Now, remember, yields are uh, basically rents divided by the purchasing price, uh, of which probably 70 to 80 percent is the land price. So the higher the land price goes, the lower the yields go. So he's basically saying that because there's low yields, we need to uh, have more incentives for uh, uh, institutions and corporates uh, to come into the market and invest in real estate. So that's really the understory to what's happening. And uh, long-time listeners will know, uh-oh, Carl's going to start talking about Blackstone Capital again and what they're up to. <sighs> well, I'll save you that, but uh, you know Wall Street are coming to Australia. They're storming throughout the world and... Uh, Morrison was saying, look, 27% of Australian's housing stock is owned by investors with just 5% owned by public housing and community housing agencies. The balance is owner-occupied, uh, of which, according to uh, our, our census numbers, uh, the number of people who are borrowing from, uh, who are still paying off their mortgage continues to increase and in a number of states it has uh, taken over those who have actually paid their mortgage off. So that's not a good sign. Great sign for the banks, though. They'll be loving that, won't they, here on 3CR's Renegade Economists. Well, uh, it's been a big week for data. And uh, with this, the first teaser batch of information coming out of uh, the census, uh, uh, also, we have heard that the new tax uh, pack is out uh, detailing who's paid what. And with uh, uh, Morrison ruling out emphatically any changes to negative gearing, um, the Grattan Institute was uh, very quick to throw their artillery of 33 staff onto uh, this, these new tax um, data points that have come out today. And John Daly, the CEO there on Twitter, was uh, talking about the proportion of nurses and teachers who negatively gear is still relatively low. And uh, this has been the crux of Morrison's defence of uh, not touching 
uh, this incredible form of uh, tax-funded welfare for uh, property investors. He's saying that, look, we've got to look after nurses and teachers so we can't change negative gearing. Well, uh, there's a higher proportion of doctors and lawyers who negatively gear than teachers and nurses. So uh, nurses and teachers are something like 9 and 11 or 12 percent uh, of their occupation are engaged in negative gearing, whereas uh, surgeons are around about 28% and anaesthetists at 29%. Lawyers, surprisingly, are only at 20%. They're probably wealthy enough to know, look, I'm not going to actually bother with negative gearing. I'm just going to buy it outright in cash. Quote of the day, remember, when we cried as kids and your parents said, I'll give you something to cry about. We thought they were going to smack us, but instead they destroyed the housing market, quadrupled college tuition fees, melted the ice caps and voted Brexit. Uh Aha. Well, that's what's going on in the UK. And no wonder they have left uh, Brexit. Can I find these stats? It's something like... uh, At 9.5%, unemployment in the Eurozone is now below its average level since the beginning of the currency union. So uh, big troubles continue there as the economic assault on uh, one of the world's last last social democratic uh, groupings uh, continues. So... um, It's a massive, massive story, and uh, I nearly fell off the loo this morning reading the newspaper. I'm just going to grab this. Hang on. Because uh, Chris Richardson, who's the uh, the hired gun from uh, Deloitte Access Economics, uh, has written, has delivered a a damning speech today at the the National Press Club, And he's joining just this continuous chorus. Uh, I wonder if you're getting bored of reading these sort of stories. I am just doing my best to to keep interested in it because we've covered this for so long and we can't believe this bubble continues to grow. But one of Australia's most respected economists is page three of the AFR today. uh, I did a big press uh, announcement, a report with uh, serious modelling showing a China crisis would wipe almost $140 billion from Australia's economy, send unemployment up, cut housing prices by 9% and destroy almost $1 trillion of national wealth. My, oh my. Deloitte estimates that house prices are now about 30% overvalued when compared to national income, the widest gap in its data since the early 1980s. Well, we've got Philip Seuss uh, looking at things saying, look, uh, house prices are at the uh, most hugest level uh, since the 1890s. And when the 1890s bubble blew, it took 70 years for incomes and house prices to return to the long-term fundamentals. Such was the size of the bubble following uh, the junk bonds that uh, undid marvellous Melbourne in the late 1880s, early 1890s when uh, bank lending was reckless. And you think bank lending was reckless here in Australia where uh, there's 6% growth in, uh, in credit for housing in China it's 35%. My, oh, my. That is one scary figure. 
And uh, Justin Fabo on Twitter, at Justin Fabo. Check him out. This guy is the new graph king of Australia, as far as I'm concerned. He's revealed that more than one in four of Australia's 2,000-odd regions have jobless rates above 7%, and about one in five have 8% under uh, unemployment rates. So uh, that's pretty scary when you consider how much uh, uh, people are having to pay for housing and uh, that will probably be adding up in terms of uh, mortgage debt arrears, bad debts, and uh, who knows, foreclosures uh, could, be, could be rising. Uh, he also had another incredible um, graph that uh, compared the growth of part-time work in Australia to that in America. And I pretty well thought in the Western world everything was going part-time into a casualized future, well, it turns out that since about mid-2013, Australia has taken over from America as uh, a part-time, casualised workforce, and uh, the trend has continued quite astronomically. Check out earthsharing.org.au. I'll have these graphs up there for you to have a look at uh, because investors are again back at 50% of all housing loans. Poor old first home buyers are down to 8.6% of loans. That is so, so low. And I just wonder how much more pain young people have to take before there's some serious action on the streets, uh, raising concerns about uh, what's happening. God, I wish we had a campaigner on our team. I wish we had someone who would donate a couple of hundred thousand dollars to us. If ever there was a time you wanted to become a member of our movement, uh, the start of April is the start of our membership frame. So uh, visit prosper.org.au and click on the link there to either donate and receive, dare I say it, your tax-deductible donation receipt or become a member. That would be much appreciated. Now, this morning was a big morning in our world because after a decade of lobbying over the state of vacant housing, our President Catherine Cashmore and myself visited Victorian Treasury offices to discuss the detail behind the vacant residential property tax that uh, has been announced, a 1% charged based on the CIV rating of your property. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of talk about how this can be implemented, what sort of oversight is needed, and uh, some of the broader pressures within the market. I can't tell you uh, the full detail there. Uh, I've signed away my, uh, my, my rights there, but no, it's all part of the deal, isn't it? You've got to um, help governments who are doing good things. And you know, it really kind of hit me when I thought that here's a 1% charge on empty properties. Uh, the Andrews administration has also announced a 7% uh, sales tax, a stamp duty tax on foreign investors. And a 1.5% absentee landowner surcharge as well, on top of the typical land tax you'll be paying. So uh, in terms of holding charges, there's a 1% um, uh, vacancy tax if you leave the property vacant, the 1.5% land tax, so there's 2.5%, plus another 1% 1 on um, international investors. Sorry, it's 1.5%. It adds up to 3.5%. 
So that's quite significant when in the long term um, land prices have been increasing 6%, but in the last 10 to 15 years, it's been more around 10 to 12%. So we're taxing away about third, a third of the yearly increase in land prices. So that's going to be very interesting to see if it scares away any of these uh, uh, foreign investors. Remembering that um, last week, Transparency International unveiled that Australia is the worst in the Anglosphere in terms of uh, uh, cash loopholes and allowing money laundering into property. Uh, 10 out of 10 loopholes are available. I'm trying to get someone to come and speak to us in detail about these loopholes. But the essential core problem of it is that if you take... $700,000 into a bank, they're going to ask you where you got that money. If you you buy a property and turn up with $700,000 in suitcases, that no questions need be asked by the real estate uh, company. So uh, this is a big one that needs to change. They need to wrap that up. In my uh, suburb of Braybrook, I was at an auction on Saturday. I saw three 20-something-year-old foreigners from uh, some well-known uh, section that you that is often talked about uh, bidding against each other and for a 600 square meter property that was probably worth about I'd say 200 200 to 250 thousand uh, dollars 10 years ago it went for 925 thousand dollars can you bloody well believe it Every week there are these ridiculous stories and uh, we've been thinking it's all about investment but after reading this Transparency International report maybe it's all about money laundering and they really don't care what price they pay as long as they can get it in the door and uh, set it up, put it in um, a, a relative's name that helps get them into the country as, a, as an immigrant and uh, away they go. They get to enjoy the beautiful clean air here in Melbourne where uh, we continue to grow at a rate of knots. Uh, Population growth uh, is putting huge pressure points on, and I think there were some uh, population figures that came out this week, and someone on Twitter said, look, if we reduce our population growth from something like 1.5% a year to 1% a year, that would reduce the demand on housing by some ridiculous number. And I find it here by 50,000 dwellings every year. So when we only sell 50,000 dwellings in Sydney, there's about that many that sell in Melbourne each year, uh, you know, pulling half of the, the demand out of that market, that would be uh, very, very important, wouldn't it? And on macro business, they said you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see that increasing Melbourne's population by 27% and Sydney's by 20% in just 12 years has crush-loaded infrastructure, which simply has not kept pace with population growth. The Australian economy has initially dodged the GFC bullet on underemployment, but now it's playing catch-up to where other economies got to, unfortunately. So that is what's going on in the world uh, this week, according to uh, my little... Uh, magnifying glass on the world. 
make sure you step out of uh, your comfort zone, out of your regular uh, routes to work and see what else is going on around your world and see if you can put together the economic story that is affecting so many people. And when you consider that uh, we could replace taxes on hard work uh, by channeling the property bubble away from the banking system, not only would that give us an income tax cut, it would help strip out the 23% of prices that adds to everything we buy, uh, making our economy more efficient. And if that was all to happen, then perhaps we'd have more time to uh, garden and there'd be more community nurseries uh, on every second block distributing free food to the community, helping people regain sovereignty over their own lives. My name's Carl Fitzgerald. Check us out at uh, prosper underscore OZ on Twitter or at earthsharing and uh, check the show notes on earthsharing.org.au. So, right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. I've just, I've just been shown something incredibly unhelpful. He's just written, written down the wrong frequency and shown it to me. <laughs> Things is very We have silence, please. This is for radio. Come on. Yeah. Right, here we go. Hi, this is Jay Wilgus Esquire from Public Service Broadcasting, and you are listening to...